Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coming down the stretch here on the Thursday edition of Oilers Now, Brendan Escott, Cam Moon alongside... Bob Stoffer and the Oilers heading down to Los Angeles for Game 3. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock puck drop on 6.30. Chad, you get your two-hour face-off show following the 6 o'clock news. We've got John Shannon coming right up here, but uh, not before I talk about Brent Ridge Ford and their President's Awards for customer satisfaction. We talk about that all the time, about their full transparency as well, and their customer care after the purchase. But another big factor in their success, like any great franchise is stability. There's some legacy-level stats for you. The parts manager, Ricky, he started in 1992. I was not born. General manager, Rich, in 94. I was born. And they've had the same owner since 1987. Cam Moon over there in the other seat, he knows from personal experience that the whole Brent Ridge Ford staff is committed to ensuring that your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Isn't that right, Mooner? Absolutely. <laughs> Good people at Brent Ridge Ford. Big shout out. I hope everybody's doing well this afternoon there. Even the Calgary fan, who honestly I would like to extend a hug to, given how this season has gone and the fact that the general manager was the one let go. Anyway, NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling joining us once again this week. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How's it going today? I'm great, boys. Hey, good to hear some good hockey talk and then some better questions than when Stoffer's around. So. <laughs> There's the shot. It's always going to be a shot. I love it. <laughs> uh, appreciate you jumping on board. Uh, let's just let's start by breaking down games one and two, which looked awfully similar. The difference being Edmonton was able to, as Bob says it, take it on the chin. Um, as I've put it, they were mature enough to rally in that third period or, or maybe batten down the hatches it'd be a better phrase and they were able to dig their heels in and come away with at least a split on home ice what did you like what did you see well i think there's a ton to like i mean let's face it uh, the depth of the oilers helped them through the first 59 minutes and 43 seconds in game one and helped them through 60 minutes last night so i think that that's a big part of why the team won I, 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 Nick Bukestad's contributing. I think Yamamoto's speed was there. 
uh, Fogel was being physical. I think there was lots of little things. This is a deeper team than we saw against the Kings last year, and I think it's paying off now, and that's, that's an important part. The other thing is, I know that Connor's not on the score sheet very much. The single assist on the power play goal. And Cam, you see it because you're, you're there right in press row. But I'll tell you what, he has had a huge impact on these two games. I agree. You know, the, amount, the amount of attention that the Kings are paying to him. And the amount, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. It went before Brendan was born, which really kind of bugs me. Um, uh, the, the, the art of intimidation in our sport was pretty simple. Finish your check, beat the heck out of the other guy, make him, make him think before he moves the puck, and you win. Well, the other aspect now is that the almost as intimidating a factor as those three things is speed. And Connor's speed changes the whole complexion of the of the Kings in their own zone. Heck, the Kings over 200 feet. So the Oilers are as intimidating as any of the, the you know the tough squads that we saw in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. No matter what team, whether it's Philadelphia or Boston or whatever, that intimidation factor of Connor McDavid has changed the complexion so many times. Whether it's drawing penalties, whether it's you know getting. Uh, uh, Kopitar and, and Dano out of position or overly analyzing what they have to do to stop Connor. And then the next aspect of that is they're not on the ice when Leon's on the ice and there's a lot more time and a lot more ability to move the puck easier because Leon's out there with the, with the, you know, the third and fourth line guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I thought that the 11 and 7 makeup yesterday helped Edmonton in that you can get either Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl out with your your fourth line so to speak wingers. Yeah. Um you you just rotate those guys through more and then you get a way better matchup because uh, it's not like you're going up against the opposition's top line or top D pairing at that point. So that I get. But I I agree with you John that I think even with the uh, with Connor not you know, just the one point in two games. Still had six shots on net yesterday. They still like there are things happening. They just haven't all dropped in the in the net quite yet. But we both know that at some point that's going to happen. Yeah, it is. There's no question. But but I I think that there's a superficiality to people looking at games and saying, yeah. well, Connor's only got a point. Yes. Uh, and 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 his impact on that game last night was really really big through all three periods. And it, it didn't show on the score sheet. And, and so I, I just, I, I thought that that's, a, that's an important factor. That's the new Oilers. That they can, they can use McDavid's talents other than passing and shooting and still be effective. And I think we're going to see more of that. You know, you know our buddy uh, Todd has the last change. Yep in games three and four. You, you know darn well it's going to be not only Dano or Kopitar, but it's going to be Drew Doughty, too. So uh, <laughs> Connor's going to be, uh, it, it's going to be a melee against Connor, and then there's going to be a lot of more opportunities for the other guys, the other forwards. The other thing about the 11 and 7, and, and, and you were in as many meetings as I was, if not more, Cam, is that it, it really takes a lot of pressure, I think, off of 
Broberg, I know he didn't play very much, DeHarnay, you know, those guys to say, well, I, I may miss a shift, you know, and I, I got to re, I got to regroup on the bench before I go back on the ice. Yeah, I think it gives the it gives the coaches just a few more options when it comes yeah. to that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, John, the uh, the goaltending of of Stuart Skinner, we've watched it all year long. His uh, his, I think exceeded expectations to uh, to a lot of people over the course of this year but just hearing him talk here in the playoffs that calmness that um, a, a very a very mature outlook uh, what have you seen from his game as we've moved here into the postseason well first of all I would have thought he could stop both those pucks yeah okay those, those are two bad goals he should have had those you know it, it, that you know it's easy for me. You know the, all the goaltending I did in the National Hockey League to say <laughs> yeah. that, but but y- you know those are pucks that have to be stopped. Um, that said, there was times in the third period he made a great save with with that pad save uh, with, with the when you're coming out. I think it was Adrian Kempe coming off the wing. You know, with six minutes to play, that you went, oh my goodness, what a great save. Um, the, the one thing I, that I've liked about Stuart, and I got to learn when I'm out in the room, is is what a student of the game he is. Yes. You know, you, I sat with him one day, and I said it was it was after the Dallas game, and I said, uh, when, when you're sitting down here, what do you think of Ottinger? And he says, Oh, I love watching him. Uh, I, I can learn from him. I, 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 he's one of the guys that I really like watching so I think I can improve my game. And I said, well, who else? And he said, well, Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. And then he mentioned uh, the, the three Russians. Uh, obviously, Vasilevsky, who, you know, the big cat can do almost anything at any time. And then the two guys in New York and uh, Sorokin and, and Shesterkin. He says, I love watching them play. I love watching how they control their bodies. And you can see that in his game every once in a while. And he's other, he and Vasilevsky are about the same size. So that, those are pretty good models for him to follow. And, and if he can do what Connor Hellebuck does and Jake Ottinger, then he's in pretty good company. And by the way, Brendan, to your original point about him, um, uh, he should be the rookie of the year. And he's had more impact on his team than any other rookie mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League. More than Matty Beneers, uh, more than Johnson in Dallas. Stuart Skinner has had a bigger impact on the Edmonton Oilers than any other rookie. And I think I actually think we forget he's a rookie. Because he's so composed and well-spoken, and he's just—he's an adult. Well, and he lives—he he works and lives in a small market. And when people come to Edmonton, they look at two other guys. So the the, the the whole and the story in Edmonton with goaltending was never well. Stuart Skinner's going to save the day. It's well, Jack Campbell needs to be better. So all, all of a sudden, there's so many storylines in and around what's going on in Edmonton. Stuart hasn't really received any of the credit, and it's really kind of a shame. I almost think he'd prefer it that way. I think if anybody is okay with that, he's probably the type of guy who's okay with that. But it, yeah. it lends itself to the question, did he do enough in the regular season, in your opinion, John, to actually earn the Calder Trophy? Because in theory, that shouldn't be based on playoff performance, even if he does help lead this run? Well, the votes are in already. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and, and when you have more victories in your rookie year than Grant Fuhr, you're in. You're in the. Uh, you're in the running. 
I want to ask what you about you another about uh, another young player here, but on the other team, I think Quinton Byfield has really started to stand out in my opinion, and I was surprised to see that he only played just under 13 and a half minutes because he did lead the team in hits last night. He was present in most of the scrums that I saw. I thought that he was really noticeable on the ice, and the, maybe the way they're using him, obviously playing him with Kopitar, he's going to get quite a bit of ice time in theory, but in the ice time he had, he was just so noticeable, John. Like, how, how valuable do you think this player is to them in their potential success? Eventually, he's going to be the next Kopitar. He will be. They've been very patient with Quinton Byfield. You know, he did not have a great rookie year. He has been hurt a little bit. He's spent more time in the American League, I think, than people thought he would. Uh, he needed to mature a lot. But I through the first two games, he's somebody, when he has the puck or he uses his body, I've sat up and said, hey, who's that? And you're, he's, he has made himself noticeable, uh, certainly for me and I think for a lot of people. The reason I think he, you know, you're only getting 13 and a half minutes in a game right now is that when you're down 3-2, if you're the coach of the Los Angeles Kings, you're just going with your big guns. You're you're going. You're putting Andre Kopitar out there every second shift. You're you're putting Adrian Kempe, who I think has been the best king through the first two games. Uh, you're putting Kempe out there in every situation possible in order to make it happen. And so when that happens, and you're rolling your first two lines a little bit more, you know, Byfield in his, th- his situation probably won't get near as much ice time as you want. Because I, you know, the, I, I wonder if there's that complete trust still in him at this point. But I'll tell you what, after the first two games, I would trust him more at home in games three and four. Yeah, he's he's noticeable. Like, and I, he's just twenty years old. I, when By he, the way, I, have you stood beside him in the dressing room? Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, I know. He's, he's a big boy. What is he? 6'5", 220, yeah. he's listed at? Yeah. Like, that's monstrous. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is this is a guy. He's still just 20. He was a, a player that would have just turned 18 when he uh, when he got drafted second overall in uh, in 2020. So, yeah, there's there's gonna everybody's development goes at a different pace and a different Well, well let's remember development, guys, during the pandemic in the yeah. American League. Seriously? I mean, the, 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 you know, the Ontario Reign were one of the very few American League hockey teams that played, and they didn't play as many games as they used to. I think they, they had a 48-game schedule. So any one of those draft kids that were, as you talked about, Cam, as young as he was when he yeah. got drafted are probably a year or two behind in their development anyway. That's right. So yeah, I, I think he's doing just just fine. Uh, as the as the series shifts to Los Angeles, oh, Brendan and I talked about earlier that the Oilers have played very well on the road all year. Twenty seven wins. I think they're incredibly comfortable in in playing on the road. But do you see anything changing in this series when Los Angeles gets the last change? I don't. In fact, I think that what we've seen and what we're seeing, as I think we've seen a few times this season with this hockey club, is growth. Now, it's going to be hard to think that we've we've played 84 games and we're talking about growth still, but that's that's a reality. You know, this is this is a team that you know was going into the playoffs undefeated in the month of April or whatever month we were in, or the last nine games. And so they took it on. They took it on the chin in game one by losing the way they did. 
Well, their development was in game two. They, they grew that they could get through that controversy of the third period, being able to hold on. And you thought the Kings were coming every time, and the Kings were coming. And they rebounded, and they, they bent, but they didn't break. Well, I see this team now going to Los Angeles with a ton of confidence. I see them taking the opportunity of le less distractions in L.A. than they're on Edmonton for the home team and being in a much better position of controlling the flow through 60 minutes than they did at home, particularly the second half of the games, both games, games one and two. John, we are up against the clock here, but always appreciate a chance to talk with you. Well, you know, the questions are just so much better. <laughs> hey, John, when are you coming back to town? I like when you're in town. Soon. Okay, good. We'll see you soon, John. Thank you. Cheers. All right, John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with this day in Oilers history when we come back on Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's wrap it up here with this day in Oilers. Actually, no, we got a prospect report that we should do as well for our friends at Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace, reface. And for this one, Cam, let's turn our attention to the Saskatoon Blades and Jake Chason. Yes. They're in the series right now with... Well, they staved off elimination. They, the, the Blades won last night in Red Deer. So Red Deer's up 3-1. They're heading back to Saskatoon. There you go. So uh, you know, hopefully we get a little bit more worth of Jake Chase on here in uh, a Blades uniform. Remember, they picked him up from Brandon at the trade deadline, the January 10th deadline for, you know, the explicit purpose of a playoff push here. It's nice to see the Oilers draft pick who was contributing to even get them past Regina in the first place. But uh, but there you go. He is um, he's still alive and kicking yeah. there in that series but Red Deer is a quality team yeah they uh, they play a, a strong physical game and as I understand the people that I've talked to they've done a pretty good job of that through the first four but uh, the blades had to they had to battle back yesterday they were uh, they were down two nothing in game four which would have been mm -hmm. an, an elimination game for them and they they scored the next four goals so they kept it going. 
Back to Saskatoon. There you go. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, so much more, and they're still making it great. You can get their new Canadian club pizza with ham, chicken, bacon, ranch, fresh tomatoes as well. Uh, visit royalpizza.ca. Estate Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel, who's been serving travelers since uh, 1979. You can book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. Back in 1991, Peter Klima beats Kings goaltender Kelly Rudy, 448 of the second overtime at Great Western Forum. They beat Los Angeles 4-3, tie the Smite Division Finals at a game apiece. Kind of cool that was going on all those years ago. Same time. Oh, yeah. This rendition of your Oilers is playing the Kings. 8 o'clock puck drop tomorrow night in Game 3. Appreciate you tuning in. Reed Wilkins has inside sports from 6 to 8. Global News weather traffic update coming up. Then it's Breckenridge from 2 to 3 and Chelsea on Chad after that.